The first official college football rankings of the 2022 season come out tonight. So where will the Utes rank? We're talking about it on today's Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We greatly appreciate it. We are available on all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. On today's show, we're going to be going over and talking about where this Utah team will rank in the college football rankings as well as what Coach Witt had to say to the media. And it's going to be interesting to see where this Utah team goes from here because, as usual, we didn't get much about the injury updates, but feels like at least there's no season ending, which is an encouraging sign. But as I mentioned, we are going to start with those college football rankings coming out tonight. And I want to bring on someone who absolutely loves rankings and Brian Brown, the former host of this podcast. And Brian, the college football rankings are obviously very different than the AP rankings because they really matter. The AP rankings make it fun just to be able to throw that two versus four matchup like we're going to have this Saturday when Georgia and Tennessee play each other. That's what those AP rankings just kind of make it fun for that. But in terms of the grand scheme of things, they, they don't matter because they're not the one who decide your, your final outcome. It's like your teacher saying you're going to get suspended when the principal is the one who actually hands out the suspension. So you got to weigh what they say, basically. And for this Utah team, who's at 12 in the AP poll, I actually expect them to be a little bit farther back in the college football playoffs eyes. This is a conference. This is a committee that usually when they view these things, they take in a little bit more stock in SEC and Big Ten play. And because of that, I do expect LSU as well as Penn State to be higher than the Utes in this one. Now, personally, I feel like Utah is a top 10 team. I just think when you're looking at their record and resume right now, I think you can argue they're anywhere from that kind of 10 to 15 spot because they do have two losses at the end of the day still. And yes, you are what your record says you are in a lot of ways. So for me, I think Utah is going to come out at 14. Uh, I think Utah's a top 12 team. I'm not going to go straight up to, to number 14. Yeah. Um, but I do understand what you're talking about in terms of the committee tends to favor Big Ten and SEC schools. But I think in years past, we've seen that the Big Ten and the SEC schools have been the ones that have been far and away the best. This year, the Big Ten is incredibly down. Mm-hmm. And it feels like the Pac-12 is actually up. So my curiosity is to see more how many Pac-12 schools actually make it into this initial playoff ranking. And the other part of it, too, is with the the, the news that, that we're now going to go to a 12-team playoff, how does that affect things in the rankings? Do the ranking people start to maybe adjust and, and think about that a little bit more? Uh, I think this year's ranking is is much different. I also love tracking it across the weeks uh, because I always think that that's a fascinating scenario because you learn so much about teams from week to weeks. You know, you talk about Penn State. Penn State had a miserable showing against Michigan and then came out and played great against Ohio State. So what's you know, will the real Penn State please stand up? Yeah. <laughs> so Feels think, like we have that every year. <laughs> and, and that's kind of the thing is, is just, are we waiting for Penn State to be great because we want Penn State to be great because uh, we love seeing the wideouts. And, and look, I know that, that most casual college football fans probably don't have that same uh, uh, vision of, of yeah. why Penn State should be good, right? Because there's just a whole lot more that comes with Penn State. Um, in terms of the off the field stuff that happened years ago, 
but I think in terms of people who are in the media, it's still a very important school, much like Texas, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, that's another thing. Texas, Oklahoma going to the SEC, are they going to be a factor in it now? Are we going to see more Big 12 schools like uh, Kansas State and TCU in the playoff, even though, you know, Oklahoma State just kind of dropped off with a big loss? So there's a lot of curiosity with the ranking, in my opinion. And I think that's kind of a, a fun aspect of it. I like to compare it with SP Plus. And then there's also the composite. And I can't remember who does it on Twitter where they put all the rankings up, the Sagarin, RPI, all that kind of stuff, and do a composite. And I think that's a fascinating thing to look at as well because that brings a component of just the eye test, but also, you know, math. And math is cool. I like math. I do not like math. I'm sorry. I can't agree with math is cool. Math was my worst subject in college by far, but I keep going. (laughs) It's okay because math gets used every day, whether you like it or not. That's true. That's true. And and math still loves you. Math still loves you. Well, I do not feel that love back. I will say, and for all of you who love math and are good at math, total props to you. Wish I had that skill. Was not one of mine. That's why. I, that's why I'm a blonde who just talks for a living, basically. But Brian, you said you do feel Utah's a top twelve team. I feel they are as well. Do you think they'll be twelve tonight? I do. I, I think that's. I think the interesting part about Utah and especially just, you know, everything that's kind of associated with this team is, um, you know, like how how much does the committee wait them going on the road in the very first game and and barely dropping a game? Now, you're coming off, of, I think, in the in the committee's eyes, maybe a poor performance. Uh, now, I shouldn't say that in the general scope, maybe a poor performance against Wazoo. But I think in the committee's eyes with the, you know, missing a starting running back, missing two running backs, missing your starting quarterback. That probably looks like a really good win in a tough environment against a team that's been consistently good against the higher level in the Pac-12. And so does that give the committee a little bit more juice to, to rank Utah higher despite the fact that they have two losses? Yeah, unfortunately, Florida's really dropped the ball. They haven't been able to very much help us throughout the season. We said after that first game, we, we turned into Florida fans, basically, because every time Florida wins, it makes us look better. And continually, the, the only good win they really have on their season is against Utah, which really sucks, unfortunately, in that regard. It's not best, but I still think you factor it into, thankfully, that game's back in September. Obviously, a lot worse if you lose to that Florida team at this point because they're not the same team. They actually just dismissed their leading pass rusher this morning in Brian Cox, so things are really disarray for the Gators. Thankfully, Utah very more stable, as you talked about, and I think you do have to give a lot of stock to that because you are ranking these teams, and when you see a team win without their best players, you're like, okay, you got to take notice of that, and I think that will be kind of a boost in their eyes where hopefully they will be up there and uh, we both expect the Pac-12 top to be well represented this year with the seasons Oregon, UCLA and USC as well as Utah are all having so it's going to be nice to see those many teams in the top four which is something that I can't even remember the last time it happened off the top of my head but I do feel like this Utah team is in a really good position to climb the rankings as well I mean you look at Tennessee and Georgia are going to play each other and now I don't expect the loser that to necessarily fall behind Utah but one of those teams getting their first loss really helps Utah long-term, I think, in order to climb up these rankings. Because if, let's say, Georgia loses tonight and then they also they don't even make the SEC championship game, maybe they suffer another loss as well, then Utah would be able to jump them. So to continue to climb up. Uh, Utah's not making it in the top five this year. We know that, at least unless they were able to go on and get a win in like the Rose Bowl. But in the terms of regular season rankings, that's not going to happen. So I really think as long as they're in that top 15, it's a really good place to be because of how many of the top teams still have to play each other. And you can even include Utah in that as we expect them to have one – 
for sure one, obviously, in Oregon. If not two, as we hope they'll make the Pac-12 championship, showdown with some of these top teams. Yeah, I, didn't, I think that's the unique part about it is that Utah is going to face two teams that, that were at, at one point – ranked in the playoffs at, at some point in time, right? So if if USC does run the table, for example, and Utah's the only loss, if Utah runs the table and it's Oregon's only loss in conference and we create that that three-way tiebreaker between those two teams, then it's either Utah versus Oregon or Utah versus USC. Um, it, it becomes a very interesting scenario in that regard. I think the unique part about it is that you know that one of Michigan and Ohio State is going to get a loss late in the year. Yeah. And, and that's going to be a unique uh, situation. I think uh, you, know, you talked about there's no way that Utah gets to the top five. There is, but it's just chaos, right? Like, True. It, it, and, and, a lot of chaos. And that's what I'm rooting for. And it's not necessarily because I want Utah to be in the top five, but that's what college football is all about. We love this game because it is unpredictable because a guy like Deuce Vaughn can be a, a dark horse Heisman candidate for a team mm-hmm. called Kansas State yeah. that talks about everyone a Wildcat. Um you know, I, I think that's why this sport is so much fun. And, and so I root for the chaos as much as possible. Now, that said, there are billions of dollars at work to make sure that that <laughs> chaos does not come into play. But, uh, you know, I think it's we, we talked we talked a lot about positioning and rankings. I think that the, the, the twofold approach that is important for Utah is one, your national brand is now growing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're being mentioned in these broadcasts. So Utah is that school that's always being reinforced in people's minds as the program that's that's really on the come up in the Pac-12. For so long, it had to be USC or Oregon. Now is Utah starting to take that step to where fans and people around the country recognize them as, as an you know, important part? Uh, the second part about it, recruiting, baby. This mm-hmm. is huge in recruiting. Yes. So true. So I think you know that's where like like you know we joke. I hate rankings. I hate ranking things. <laughs> I think rankings matter when it comes to things like recruiting and everything like that. So you make such a good point about rankings too, because I might have right now, let's say that I felt like UCLA was the, or maybe even Oregon, I don't even know, but one of those four teams, you have to put one of them in the pac 12 at four. That doesn't mean you don't like them. That means you just feel the others are slightly better, but by placing them at the bottom, then it appears you don't like them. So it's what makes rankings right. so challenging, and it's why there's an entire committee that debates it. And no matter what they do, look, I'm not the biggest fan of the committee. I think they're flawed, but I, no matter what they do, they're going to get scrutinized either way. So it always makes it challenging. But one thing that's exciting is Utah controls their own destiny in a lot of ways going forward, and it'll be interesting to see what they can do with that. It does, and I think one thing that's unique about the, yeah. the the committee is people scrutinize the committee for having bias, and the people that usually do the scrutinizing are the most biased, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. So I always think that's a funny part about it, right? Like, yeah. oh, they screwed our team, and I think you and I get this a lot having done broadcasts for high school, mm-hmm. right? Like, like yeah. we don't really come into it with favorites, you know? No, like, maybe I know a coach somewhere or something like that, but like I, every single week we've wanted to watch a good game. You yeah, know? that's all we want. That's all we want. <laughs> And and I think that's the hard part for people to understand because, you know, in, especially in college football, it, it always has to be pitted against like, you know, uh, the chip on the shoulder stuff and everything like that. You know, it's us against the world, blah, blah, blah. So I think, you know, again, when Utah fans are watching this, I think it's if you get ranked, that's awesome. Right. Like, like that's another feather in the cap for how yep. good this program is becoming and how much the brand has grown. If you don't, it's not because everybody hates Utah. Yeah, it's because they're waiting for Utah to continue to show it, mm-hmm. and Utah will. And then mm-hmm. that's the, that's the bottom line. 
Yeah, and we know this committee as well. They'll look at Utah and go, like, we know what you've done in the past, so it's not like they're going to ignore you, as you mentioned. Just go out and control your own destiny. going to be fun to see if this Utah team can do it. And we're going to talk about some other things relating to this Utah team, specifically what Coach Witt had to say in his weekly press conference in a moment. But first, want to talk to you guys about Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting plays from the Utes this weekend past game and as well as just the moment that really stood out to us that helped the Utes get the win and you know for me when you go to big moments in this one there's two in my head I I almost gonna go with Bryson's I almost went with Bryson's run I thought that was awesome I'm gonna go with Jalen Dixon's catch I thought that was incredible it was a point that Utes needed a big play and he made that one going back across his body, able to secure it, despite two defenders quickly closing in on him in traffic. It's just a t- catch a, not a lot of guys are able to make, and he came up huge for the Utes in their efforts. So I'll go with Jalen Dixon from this past weekend's game, last Thursday's game, got used to saying that. Who would you go with? Uh, I, I It's hard to pick just one moment, but I'm going Jonah Ellis. Just the Jonah Ellis experience yeah. is what we're going to call it. J-E-E, that's for me. And just how relentless he was. He was creating chaos. Again, we talk about how much I love chaos. So I'm picking my man, Jonah Ellis, and and uh, his bash brother, you know, Van Fillinger with a close second there. Yeah. Great job by those two. Uh, love, how, uh, love how much effort and intensity they both brought to the game. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Brian, Coach Witt spoke to the media. And as usual, we didn't get a lot. But we did at least get confirmation that none of the injuries were season-ending. And I think the only one there was even the slight fear amongst Utah fans for was Dalton Kincaid. Obviously, with the way the cam situation played out, we knew he wasn't done for the year. Um, and it sounds like he's even a lot better. Makai Bernard is also improving. And we saw him go out there. But it doesn't sound like he really made the injury worse. So I think that was the biggest takeaway is that this Utah offense is going to be okay. We don't know when everyone's coming back. I mentioned yesterday, I expect Cam rising to play this Saturday against Arizona, but we don't know what the rest of the guys, but I just feels good to know that there are no season injuring injuries to report for this Utah team that still has a chance to do a lot of really good things as we were just talking about. Yeah. And I think the interesting part about from the the Whittingham press conference, there were, Two major talking points, right? I think the one is the beef that Fox had with Rising not going and just, you know, I think Winningham clarified more that he was surprised that Rising wasn't going to go. And and to me, it, 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 it I think it underlines a couple different things. I think it underlines just how little we really know about what's going on with these teams. Yes. You know what I mean? And, so. uh, you know, J- Josh Newman had asked Cam about the knee brace in practice a week before. And, you know, there, there were – not any real inklings that cam wasn't going to go before time i think that was the most surprising part is that none of our insiders even knew and, yeah. and now we find out after the game because nobody knew except for cam yeah. and in the moment right mm-hmm. but i think the other part of it too was just uh, a few things rj hubert not going to go for the first half so you're yep. going to see more of sioni vaki a guy who made a lot out of his opportunities did a mm-hmm. really great job uh on on thursday i thought and a guy who probably should have been playing more anyways and then uh the other part of it too is is we still don't know what's going to happen with the running back position right like like this is still really up in the air um but like you said it does sound like cam rising is going to be a go um and none of the injuries are season ending but utah will still be 
shorthanded in essence as, as they go into this game against Arizona. Now the good news is that they do have a few extra days both to rest and recover, but also prepare. And and I think that gives them a bit of an advantage. But it's you know, there are no weeks off in the Pac twelve. And you can't you you absolutely cannot overlook this Arizona team with what's coming down the road next week. Yeah, great point. And quick thing on the Fox thing as well, because I do think that's a really interesting Tam point. I, as someone who does do broadcasts like that and look just on the high school level, so much different level, it's obviously very different when the starting, which actually that happened to us on Friday, funnily enough, Brian, where uh, we expected someone to start. We had done our prep to start and then another quarterback ended up coming out in the game we called, but that it's high school football. That's that just happens every single week. The coaches don't give you anything. You expect that at that level. So I do understand Fox's frustrations, but when something like that happens with 20 minutes to go, you make that switch or whatever the official time ended up being. Witt is not thinking about the TV broadcast, he's thinking about, oh my gosh, our game plan completely changes. So him and L- Coach Ludwig are obviously, they got to think about themselves in that position because their number one priority is to the rest of that team to go out there, perform and get a win and make sure they come together and are ready to go and regroup after losing such a key piece of the offense like that. So I put zero fault on them. I totally understand Fox's frustrations, but I don't blame Utah at all for not being like, oh, hey, I got to go tell them, especially because as Coach Witt mentioned, they, they were on site. Yeah. yeah. So like I, I I really don't have much empathy out there for Fox. I mm-hmm. I, I do for the broadcast team because that's a yep. lot to have to to switch on the fly and, and all the and packages all the they made. Yep, mm-hmm. sure. But I, I also I think the the biggest thing is that you know it, it proves what a gritty tough win. Coaches love these kinds of wins, right? Mm-hmm. Fans hate oh, them because nothing looks good. <laughs> Everything's on fire. As your heads are falling mm-hmm. off, you know, yeah. like like none of this, like especially when coming off a fun game like USC mm-hmm. where everything looks so aesthetically pleasing and this one just looks like, you know, a garbage fight between two trash pandas. And and so I think <laughs> you know, I think when you look back on it and realize how much Utah had to adapt because Bryson Barnes is not Cam rising, right? Like his sideline to sideline running skills are not where cams are at. But we saw that later on. They ran the QB draw. Bryson gets a huge gain. Great call by Andy Ludwig. We saw them make some adjustments and, and really kind of suit their, their offense to, to Bryson. But I think the biggest thing was just the defense stepped up and, you know, that's what you have to focus on if you're Utah going forward is just building on that progress with the defensive front because you've got a team coming to town in Arizona that's really, really tough. And you're missing your guy in RJ, who's been one of your leading tacklers all season long going into Washington State. He was a leading tackler for this team. So it'll be interesting to see how this Utah team responds and deals with that. And that's what we're going to talk about next is talking a little bit about the game against Arizona. But first, want to talk to you guys about sweat block. Guys, We've all been in those situations, whether it's a big date, a big presentation, a speech, whatever it is, where you want to look your best, look like you're in control and confident. And that's kind of hard to do when things start to swell up in the underarm area. So make sure you guys go in and get Sweat Block to help you out. I know Sweat Block would have helped me out a lot the first week I was hosting the show, as well as a couple dates I was a little nervous on. But make sure you guys go over and check out Sweat Block because it is a key product that can help you out. Brian, you got any stories you wish you would have had Sweat Block with you? Well, last time we talked about me going to a wedding in, in Florida yeah. and having to change out shirts, that would have been a nice thing to have. But JT, I was up in the booth one time calling plays when I was coaching at Cypress High School. And I got to be honest with you, that light royal t-shirt doesn't do a good job of covering <laughs> up the sweat. And at one point in time, as I was signaling up, somebody caught a picture of me and there's just nothing but dark spots under my arms as I'm going like this signaling for a touchdown and as great a moment as that was 
I wish I would have had sweat block there to make sure that it was perfect. Sweat block could be there to help you guys when you need it most to so make sure you head over and get sweat block today. It's doctor recommended and doctor used. So head over and get your sweat block now at sweatblock.com. Sweat block guys, a fantastic product that helps you out. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Thanks for making Locked On News your first listen every day for your second listen. Make sure you check out Locked On Sports today for the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with Locked with local experts and insight only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Brian, I want to jump in and talk about the Wildcats in a second, but um, one thing I'm always curious to get your insight on is I spent yesterday's show talking about a lot of things I saw on film versus Washington State, and I was very encouraged by, I thought the offensive line took a, right, a step in the right direction for the most part. I was really impressed by the pass rush. I thought Utah got home with four a lot more. You already mentioned guys like Jonah Ellis and Van Fillinger playing arguably their best games of the season, but was there anything else that really stood out to you on the tape? Uh just how hard it is to play quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we talk about it, and I think Bryson Barnes is as prepared and as, as studious a quarterback as you're going to find. And he's he's almost, in essence, built to be a backup, especially at the mm-hmm. college level. Oh, my gosh, yeah. He's a perfect one. But I think it's really tough to step into that situation and find rhythm with guys. And I think, you know, there were a lot of – especially coming off a of bye week where you're trying to, to, to shake off some of the rust. and You don't know you're going to be like starting – yeah, well, I mean, that's uh, – throw that on top of the pile with everything yeah. else that we've already got built up. And it's just – you know, it's it's a really tough situation. And so I think, you know, we've already heaped tons of praise on Bryson Barnes. He's he's mm-hmm. earned every bit of it. You know, I thought Jaquin and Jackson was great in spurts. Yeah. I thought Jalen Glover really stepped forward mm-hmm. too. You know, and, and you love to see that progress. Finally got Logan Kendall a catch too, but you know, like uh, the, the, the rhino stepping forward. So uh, that's the biggest thing. And, and, and games like this, uh, you know, what, as a coach, my, my inkling was always just to kind of be like, I think we're going to put that tape away. Uh, we probably won't watch it a ton. And we focus on what's going forward with Arizona because you, you just have to get through it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and life and football are very similar where there are just, Sometimes situations where it doesn't look good and it's not pretty, but you just got to get through it. Very true. And I, and I think that's the biggest part about that game for Utah on Thursday. Such a great point. And, you know, before we move off Logan Kendall, I just want to say this. I do. He is the most underrated piece on this Utah offense. I actually feel like he's becoming a little less underrated because of people like Hans Olsen. We've credited him a few times on this show, but the impact he basically has is an extra offensive lineman who can also present the threat of a potential pass catcher, which as you mentioned, he got one now. So a little bit of creeping up on the threat level. Now that downfield elite target, but especially just, man, he is just a road grader and it's a huge asset to this Utah team is really, he's done a phenomenal job filling in for Cole Fothingham as well. Who, who would you rather have blocking Cole or Logan? Cause I I'll be honest. I might rather have Logan. I think Logan's sensational and it's very close. Like you got either of them, you're winning. But if I need to push on that right left side of the offensive line, I'm good with Logan and Braden getting it done. And there's no argument from me in terms of those two getting it done. And I love what Utah's done a lot more with the split zone where you see Kendall coming down to seal off the backside. That's where he can really be a dynamite uh, asset is, is just that, that hardy, hard, you know, fast charging blocker blowing up into a defender. Uh, that being said, Cole Fotheringham was, was Mr. Reliability. Jeez. And the one thing that I think we never really 
gave Cole enough credit for was he was an incredible pass blocker. And True. So a lot of last mm-hmm. year when you saw Kayvon Thibodeau uh, get Stonewall the line of scrimmage, it was in a due part to Cole Fotheringham. So I'll give Cole the slight edge there, but I will say this. There's nothing I love more than seeing Logan Kendall move around in from the inline tight end to the H to that fullback position. And, and his versatility with that is, is amazing. You want to talk about like Cole Fotheringham to Logan Kendall is like the Aaron Rodgers to Brett Favre quarterback transition, basically. Um, just perfect, especially when we're talking about uh, just we'll keep it on Brett Favre's on the field play rather than some of that other stuff he's got going on right now. But um, going on to this this game versus Arizona, this is an interesting one because the line is massive. I believe it was 18 and a half or even just 18 at this point. Um, this is an Arizona team that, yes, they kept it close against USC, I guess, a little bit. But there was a lot of weird officiating stuff, some of the whistles as well. Uh, it's just kind of a weird game. And I just, I don't feel like this. I feel like this is very similar to the Oregon state game where a lot of people are like, watch, watch out for this. We'll see what's going to happen. But I do feel like Utah is going to be able to take care of business in this one. And there's a lot of time to break it down more in depth, but Jane Dolores, he does some nice things. This Wildcats team is on the come up, but Utah's first loss since 2018 to me is not going to come against this team. They're going to come out fired up and ready to go, especially Cam rising, who I think is excited to get back on the field. And I would be, absolutely stunned if he's not yeah and and i think you know i there's a lot of aspects of this game that kind of stand out to me i think one is the quarterback matchup uh two i think is utah's run game against that arizona defense um you know, we we see that jed fish has done a great job yeah. of of rebuilding or reloading that program as i'm sure he'd like us to say uh but i you know we i said it last week our best against their best Hands down, you know, Utah's going to win. Uh, and I say our just because that's the how we would phrase it when I played football at Snow College, not at Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, the, the, the unique part about this game is that it gives you a test in an environment that's controllable, right? So you're going to be home Saturday. Was it 530 kick, right? 530. Yep. Yep. So, so teetering on the edge of being a night game and i think we're gonna all uh fall back the night afterwards so you get an extra hour of sleep so everybody can yep. look forward to that uh except for the chaos that comes with kids i guess i don't know <laughs> that's just what the internet tells me but i think the bottom line is that this gives utah an opportunity to really polish as they get in into preparation for for oregon and that's what they need i think this is a game where if dalton kincaid is not 100 percent, even if he's only 75 or 60 mm-hmm. you can hold him out for a little 100%. bit you know and, and i think the other thing we've seen is that there's an opportunity for some guys that maybe haven't gotten playing time to get some playing time in this game money parks has been a really positive in in in, in uh it, yeah, it just makes a big play every game. It feels yeah, like. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say investment. And I thought that was a little too, a little too, a little too. Hey, uh, we're going on twenty five minutes now. Big words are hard to come by. You're good. Yeah, buddy. but uh, <laughs> but I think he's been a great addition to this offensive lineup, and 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 there's more to grow with it, right? We see Jaden Dixon, uh, Jalen Dixon, making a big catch. So uh, Utah has that ability to really kind of expand things and and develop it because they're losing, you know, some of their best players. But there are guys who are willing to step up, and so I want to see more of that you know, both from the coaching staff and from players. It's going to be fun. And to close it out, do you think Utah will get a win this Saturday, Brian? I do. Yeah, I, I think the spread on this one's what, 12 points? You know, and I think that one's 12, pretty no, I 18. 
Yeah. Well, see, see, there we go. I'm not even <laughs> like even close with the spread, but uh, Vegas doesn't miss on these things very often. I think as, as Whittingham said in the press conference, Cam Rising is going to be healthy. You know, when you put he and Delora up head to head, Cam Rising is the clear, you know, clearly the better quarterback. Uh, Delora, as fun, as exciting as he can be, uh, he can also be an absolute car crash at times with, with some of the decision-making and things like that. So I think that's, you know, all those factors playing into it. This defense has played much, much improved. Uh, I think that they're going to come in with another chip on their shoulder to really put out a great performance and, and counter that with a good Utah offensive performance. And then the bottom line being in front of a home crowd in a night game at Rice. This is tough to beat. <laughs> it's extremely tough to beat. So 17 and a half is what the line is at now. And uh, it's a lot, but hey, this Utah team is rolling right now and it'll be fun to see if they can keep it going. And it's always fun to have Brian Brown with us on the show. Brian, appreciate you coming on and going to be fun to check things out and see how it all goes down Saturday. Yeah, much more exciting than uh, what Brian Harson's got to look forward to, right? <laughs> oh, we threw Brett. We got Brett Favre, Brian Harson, just throw everyone under the under the buses. But that is all really coming say, for you, Chris Gordy, locked on Utes and SEC. Yeah, <laughs> um, they had to do it. Um, but man, a year and a half is really quick. It felt like things really got out of control there. Not everything because of Harson as well. It felt like they, some people just didn't even want him there from the start, but. Man, that's quick, not even letting it finish two and a half years. But the expectation at Auburn is they want national championships and didn't feel like they were ever going to get there with Brian Harson. So I think that's why they decided to rip the Band-Aid off a little early. Yeah, I think this is one of those moments where Utah fans can uh, take a deep breath and be very grateful that they don't have oh the same God. kind of uh, yes. <laughs> political investment from from boosters and, and trustees and everything like that that Auburn has. And just the stability stability of having a guy in Coach Whittingham where you don't have to worry about the coaching carousel and all these things represent. Because when you hire a head coach and you think about like literally less than two years ago, he was talking about all his dreams and visions for what the Auburn program was going to be. That's not going to happen anymore. So crazy how quickly things can come down. So uh, appreciate you all for joining the two-minute Locked On SEC little uh, ending special we had here in this one. But all great thanks to Brian for always coming on. And remember, if you guys are looking for a second listen every day, because we appreciate you for spending your first listen every day here, make sure you check out Locked On Sports today for the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insight only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Brian for once again joining us, and we'll be back with you tomorrow on Locked On News.